everybody. Hey, it's Torpedo. Get in the water. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Welcome, episode 96, Star Joe's A Real Animated Hero. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, this is Chuck, I swear. No, this ain't Chuck. This ain't Woo! Chuck. Woo! Come on, I'm the champ. <laughs> you know, this is Chuck. Well, who are you and what did you do with Chuck? Where's my co-host? <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Uh, this is Robert Atkins. Uh, Chuck was going to be on, but he got too drunk from his uh, Chuck's Beer Corner. <laughs> yeah, that's what cheap beer will do to you. <laughs> So he couldn't make it. So with without Chuck here, am I supposed to be like Ryan's over-the-counter pharmaceuticals corner? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he had to sign a waiver. And... Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, actually, this is a new show that we're going to be doing. Robert and I are going to be doing on a regular basis, and Chuck might join us for some of them. Yep. Uh, uh, it's the Star Joe's Real Animated Hero Uh Recently, I posted on the forums that I was going to do the great G.I. Joe rewatch, start from the very beginning and work all the way through the uh, Sunbow stuff and then all the way through the, the Deke stuff also. I don't know, if Robert, if you're going to stick with me through all the Deke stuff. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've actually recent, not I don't know how recently, in the last year, I had actually watched all through the Sunbow things with my kids. Um, and I've never seen all the Deke stuff. So if there's a way for me to get my hands on it, then I okay. definitely will because I've never seen it, but um, I have to figure out a way to do that. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah, we'll sounds good. See if we can we can see if we can get your hands on one of those. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so uh, I had posted it on the forums and Robert noticed it and he contacted me and said, "Hey, what do you think about doing a show on just the cartoon?" He says, "I'll watch the shows with you and and uh, every once in a while we'll record an episode and just talk about them." And I was like. That sounds brilliant. So, <laughs> and uh, and I know Robert, you've been because uh, one of the things you mentioned to me was that you were kind of hoping to to have something where you could come on the show more regularly and and everything else. So this kind of works out perfectly for that. So yeah, yeah, I've been looking forward to it. Now we got to get. Uh, we're gonna have to have uh, Crash redraw the the Star Joe's thing and and throw you in, in as the third party. <laughs> for the show I'll, I'll talk with him okay <laughs> so yeah so um we might as well just jump right in uh what we started with was the very first two mini series that were done uh first one i think was just called a real american hero mm -hmm. and then the second one was called the revenge of cobra and i actually got these when they came out in from rhino mation and it was just the two mini series when i originally got them so 
Um, I know they've repackaged them since and everything, but it uh, came out in 1983, was the very first miniseries, so about a year after the, the toy started. Yeah, I was four years old. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it. I still remember watching it, because it came out, it aired like at night. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, as a whole family, we all were excited about it. We all sat around and watched. I remember watching it at night, popping popcorn. Like, we were way excited. Very cool, very cool. Well, uh, one thing I did find out, and this was through uh, the fine folks at IMDb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. One thing of trivia when it came to this one, which I didn't know, was the scene in the opening montage with Flash firing his uh, laser rifle. Uh-huh. Uh, at the target is actually from the commercial for G.I. Joe number one, the comic book. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So they pulled it right from that. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was really cool. (laughs) Um, one other thing also from the intro that they had mentioned in here is the lyrics refer to G.I. Joe against Cobra and Destro. Yeah. But then starting with the second mini series, uh, the line was changed to G.I. Joe against Cobra, the enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, when they did the international versions, they took out Cobra entirely and they just said, uh, the enemy. Oh, interesting. So, um, and then they said, uh, instead of saying a real American hero, they said uh, they changed that to international heroes. So mm. now there's there's three openings. You have the opening for the first miniseries, the second miniseries, and then for the the Sunbow, the regular right uh, serial. And I guess there's probably a different opening for the Deke. Yeah, there is. That's when the you get the uh, got to get tough, yo Joe. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which isn't actually that bad. The the intro isn't that yeah, bad. Yeah, I have the, to rewatch that. Um yeah. so out of those three, do you do you know can, or can you think off the top of your head which is your favorite? Well, come on, it's gotta be the one with Flint uh saying yo Joe instead of Duke. And... <laughs> oh, but the funny thing is when Flint yells yo Joe at the very beginning, that's actually Michael Bell's voice. I know. That's ah, terrible. <laughs> You're like, oh, come on. No, but the actually, I, I do like that intro. Probably the uh, one. I really like the Revenge of Cobra one also, but the one I really like is the one with Flint. And because you see the USS flag in the background, it op- yeah. they open up the ship and they they're attacking the Terradrome. And and that's the one with like uh, Sergeant Slaughter's in it too, right? Yeah, it's the only part I don't like about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Roger, who I know is listening, but <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter to me was the downfall, the decline ah. of GI Joe. That was that was the start of the downhill slope. <laughs> oh man, I like the character. Don't get me wrong, I like the character, but after Sergeant Slaughter, GI Joe just was never the same again. <laughs> <laughs> so even even with that though, that one's still your favorite. Yeah, even with that, it's still my favorite. Yeah. So, how about you? Oh, I think so, too. I think there's, um... Let's see. Is that the one with, um... <laughs> no, which is the one where where Destro falls down and then the Joes are just, like, tossing him between, the, like, four or five people? That... Yeah, that's, I think, that one. That's I the think same. That's, yeah, because we haven't yeah. seen that one yet. Cause we, or, right. I mean, we, we're just talking about the, the miniseries. The but, uh... Yeah. I think, you know, actually, I think it might be the, um... The Revenge of Cobra one is my favorite. Um, okay. I think I did like seeing the flag. I liked seeing Flint right up front, but right. I think it's a little. The third one's a little more silly. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the second one, the Renja Cobra one, is awesome because there's just you see every Joe you can think of. Yeah. And every Cobra you can think of, just really just going at it. There, I mean, it, there's, there's so many vehicles included, and just the action is a huge battle. So. Yeah. The only thing that's obvious, I mean, in my opinion, the only thing that's obviously better than that, as far as action wise, is is the movie intro. Oh, the movie intro is one of the best intros, like animated yeah. intros ever. In cartoons, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I'd say second only to that is maybe Thundercats. And, and then it fooled me into thinking it was going to be really, really good. <laughs> I don't hate it as much as Chuck does, but um. yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, but I, me and the kids, we watched through that intro all oh, the yeah. time, and so we'd be driving around and just completely non sequitur. One of my kids would be like Cobra, and then would be like, Cobra, Cobra. I just go back and forth, and I just I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That is great. Uh, so let's get into this. Uh, the first episode here, which is called uh, Cobra Strikes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm just going to kind of go into some of the of what what was happening, and you feel free to jump in at any moment. Tell me anything that kind of stood out if it sparks any memory for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but open with Duke Stalker and Snake Eyes. Uh, talking and in my notes I said okay Snake Eyes wasn't talking, <laughs> but <Right. laughs> they're talking about they're just hanging out. Right, they're talking about the new Sky Strikers and then Scarlet lands in one of them, uh, and you already see from that moment that there's kind of a relationship between Duke and Scarlet. Well, because Duke was like, I'm gonna get that hot dog. That's you know he's like all cursing <laughs> out whoever was flying. Yeah, there. and then he yep. uh, she pulls up and it's Scarlet. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> Um, Snake Eyes in this miniseries actually is in his com- more of his commando look with the goggles, right. and he's got the blue uniform. and And actually, one thing I noticed with this was that his hands were bare; he didn't have any gloves on at exactly. all. Exactly, and that's actually because I hadn't read the comics first. The first introduction I had was the cartoon, so right. that was the only indication I knew that he was actually a white guy. Is <laughs> <laughs> that he didn't have any gloves on? Right. And actually, the cartoon was my first introduction, too. So, yeah, I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> but now, looking back at that, I go, why is everything covered but his hands? Yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> um, so then the the very first Cobra that we actually see in the cartoon is actually Major Blood, which I found really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't realized that until we went back and watched it again. I, I had always assumed it was um, – <clears throat> I didn't know if it was a specific Joe who kind of led that air attack on the field. But um, right. after that, the first one I remembered was the, the intro to Destro. And like yeah. the whole Cobra Temple, so I forgot that there was a, you know, a named uh, a big name Cobra guy to lead that air attack. Yeah, and the one thing I noticed too with uh, with this first miniseries, pretty much all the way through this first miniseries, is there's very few vehicles that I actually recognize. Right. Uh, I mean, there's the Sky Striker, um, but even the Cobra jets that are fighting against them. Yeah. They're just like generic. Mm-hmm. They're these generic jets that are, are attacking and everything. Um, Let's see. They basically they they attack the base, uh, but uh, Duke and Scarlet, of course, get into a Sky Striker and take off. Uh, in a way, I noticed that no actual jet ever really could take off. <laughs> <laughs> They're like maybe thirty, forty feet in the air, and they go sideways. <laughs> sideways, yeah. I'm like, that's gonna clip a wing. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do they have um, enough lift to even be in the air before they flip like that? It's crazy. But hey, it's Joe. <laughs> not to mention, none of them wear any headgear. Like, no, not at all. <laughs> they're just hanging out in there like, not at all. like it's no big deal. I also like the fact that they instantly know how to fly the Sky Strikers, even <laughs> with these brand new jets that they have. So um, so then we see Destro in a hooded cloak arrive at a big snake castle. 
and, which also cracked me up because no one knows where Cobra is. I don't know. Maybe check the big snake castle. Um, Right. He's uh, he's there with some locals who helped transport some elements that Destro needed for his invention of the mass device, which we find out later. Mm-hmm. Um, the locals are scared away, uh, so Destro didn't have to pay them, which I found kind of humorous. Which too. I just can totally imagine Cobra Commander ordering like 50 pizzas, and they get a guy <laughs> deliver them up, and then he gets the snakes all being like, who is this? And they're like, oh, crap! And then Cobra Commander's like, yes! Yes, free pizza! <laughs> pizza! That's how they. That's how they balance the budget. <laughs> exactly. That's how they feed all the troops and uh, save money no for building mass devices and. Things. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, we uh, then get into uh, a pretty fun action scene with uh, General Flag wants GI Joe to, to try to break into a base uh, to test the security of it. Yeah. And uh, so we see Snake Eyes, Scarlet, and Stalker all get in various ways. So you had like. Uh, if I remember right, the snake eyes snuck in through, uh, like a hopping a ride on a vehicle that was entering the base. Right. Scarlet, I think used a jet pack and stalker used a Ram. He just, he just ran in. And <laughs> he went just in. like totally flew in through the front door. <laughs> yeah. Explosions. Doing like crazy um, acrobatic flips to rooftops. Exactly. And the part that cracked me up too is like, even after all that general flag was like, I'm not really concerned cause this is only three soldiers. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, like, good job, but you fail. <laughs> like, right. That was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, we're still safe because it's just a small unit, and the satellite's a huge thing requiring a big force. It's like, we'll be okay. <laughs> well, they could totally blow it up. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, they might not have been able to put, throw it in their backpack and take off, but... They could do the whole, like, uh, if no, if we can't have it, nobody can. Yeah, exactly. They could steal, <laughs> so. steal the plans for it and blow up theirs or something. I don't right. know. So then uh, Destro tries to use the mass device to teleport the satellite to the Cobra Castle, uh, utilizing a homing beacon that was planted on the satellite by the Baroness, who's dis- uh, disguised as a military budget person, uh, whose name was Major Juanita Hooper. <laughs> Juanita. Juanita. She didn't really look like a Juanita to me. No. That was an interesting name choice. The other thing was uh, my daughter, I was watching this one, and I was like, who is that? And she's like, that's the Baroness. <laughs> I was like, she automatically knew. I'm like, see, if she knows, my little four-year-old daughter knows, like, come on, G.I. Joe. Like, seriously? That's the thing I find interesting, because I was wondering that when I was watching. I was like, when I was a kid, did I know that that was a Cobra agent? Like, was it already a clue that that was somebody other than who it was supposed to be? Well, and I should say, like, my daughter, Emma, she's watched all of it, so she knew the voice is obviously sure. how she recognized her. But, um, yeah, I don't know. She just seems real – even just watching it, you kind of know she's yeah. a little off. Now, the other quick quick question I had was we're mm-hmm. introduced to General Flag uh, through this mm-hmm. whole exercise. Uh, does he get shown that often throughout the series? And I'm kind of curious when, like, General Hawk comes in. Does he replace I- General Flag? Yeah, I don't remember General Flag being used a whole lot beyond this first miniseries. Because even, even just this, yeah, this first miniseries. Yeah, because even the second miniseries, it was pretty much Duke and Flint running the show. Yeah, I don't remember seeing General Flag at all. And then obviously later on we get General Hawk and everything. Uh-huh. Um, that was one of the interesting things too. Was this uh, that I found when I was looking up some research about the first miniseries was that all of the Joes that were in toy form at this point were in the show. Oh, That's okay. how they kind of chose who was in it, except right. for General Hawk. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So he was the only one uh, absent that already had a toy out that wasn't in the cartoon. So Yeah, I completely think that uh, this was just a way to promote that initial wave. Oh, yeah. First couple waves. And then the second one, 
Yeah, there are like Snake Eyes is in his version version two costume. There's a whole influx of easily a dozen more Joes that we oh, yeah. we didn't see in the first miniseries, and it was an obvious way to kind of upsell yep. those toys too. So absolutely. Um, so because they couldn't uh, teleport the satellite out, uh, Destro sends Major Blood with several units of uh, Cobra troopers and his tanks uh, using the mass device, uh, and the Baroness reveals who she is. Uh, if you didn't know already right. at that point. Uh, Destro figures out uh, some temperature issues with the mass device to teleport all the agents back with the satellite at that point. And uh, Duke comes along for the ride back to Cobra's castle because he grabbed the Baroness trying to prevent her from escaping. Mm-hmm. Um, which I just found that hilarious, too, because I'm like, Duke's going to be the big tough guy. Let me, I'm going to stop them all by myself. By <laughs> grabbing them? By grabbing them <laughs> as they're teleporting. Everybody, away. yeah. And it's not like he didn't know where that they were being teleported away. He saw them get teleported in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Like, what was he expecting to do? Well, I guess. I mean, he infiltrated their base, but um. Right, but anyway, then uh, that's about it. Yeah. So I mean, he could have just he, shown up, and then they would have just shot him like dead. Right. Like, right. Go, Duke. <laughs> there you go, Duke. He's lucky. Cobra is incredibly incompetent. Right, and he's also lucky that the cartoon violence rating was it uh, wouldn't have allowed that. <laughs> yeah. um, so Duke tries to escape. Uh, He's like, the, what's the worst guy that could happen? I could have to fight a giant in some gladiator games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst that could happen. And then, Oh crap. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so Duke does try to escape the Cobra castle, but he is overwhelmed. Uh, although I, you pointed this out on the forums. He, he, it does take several of, Cobra agents to uh, troopers to take them down. Yeah, they like right in the first episode, really early on. Like Duke is the man, you know what I mean? And they do everything they can to show it. Like even though repeatedly he gets captured. I was gonna say we find out that he (laughs) is the man. Dot dot dot. Who gets captured? (laughs) Exactly. But um, you know, I mean, he's just going through these Cobra soldiers like they're fodder. If it comes to a fist fight, he can take on dozens of them. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, so he gets put into a slave pit where there's a bunch of uh, people mining and they have headbands that control them. And there's this one female slave who doesn't seem affected. Uh, she seems like she wants to help Duke. Uh, but <laughs> I made a note saying, but the device must have affected her speech because the delivery of her lines were extremely <laughs> stiff. <laughs> it's the only drawback. Right. <laughs> I am um, free, but meat no talk good. I can't. Exactly. Get out. <laughs> the funny thing, too, is... I when I was watching it because on the Rhino version I don't know if the version you watched had this also but on the Rhino version they give you in the next episode they give you like a recap of everything that yeah. happened yeah and that's the only place where you find out what her name is oh like that's man the, yeah that's, that's true. the first place they don't mention I think her name's Selena uh-huh. they don't mention it until the next episode and they go Selena uh, helped Duke and I'm like Selena they never mentioned yeah her but name she, she doesn't introduce herself she's just no. like you're yeah. new here. Yep. And I have so, brain damage. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why she doesn't introduce herself. Right. So Duke's fitted with a headband and also put into a gladiator-style arena. He's controlled by Destro, and Cobra Commander uh, controls a, this big behemoth guy, again, who we don't know what his name is yet. No. Um, he just goes, ah! Like yeah, and in, pro- in proportion to Duke, he looks like he's about 10 feet tall. It's crazy. <laughs> He is enormous. It is one of the things that they I meant I saw that they mentioned as one of the goofs on the miniseries is that uh, the I think the character's name is Ramar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, his size seems to change constantly throughout the whole miniseries. Uh, there's no real 
proportional <laughs> check on that. Um, I love the fact that he sounds like the Hulk, too, from the cartoons that were done <laughs> of the Hulk back then. It was just the same exact voice of... Yeah. And did you know that it was actually, uh, if I remember right, when I was doing research on this, that it's actually Peter Cullen that did the voice of... Oh, Rahmer. yeah, and, but see, I, you don't realize it until later on where he's actually talking with talking, um, yeah. about the escape and stuff like that. Yep. And then once he started talking, I was like, oh, yeah, but... Um, I also like that the controls that Destro and Cobra Commander <laughs> were using look like Atari controllers. Exactly. Hey, that's advanced equipment there. Exactly. <laughs> it's literally a joystick and a button. They're like... Yeah, it, it was great. So, all right. So going into uh, the next episode, uh, which was Slave of the Cobra Master. So you actually gave a, a briefer synopsis than I did uh, on the forums for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's only some... A few key points. Um, right. Here, I can kind of do a rundown yeah. of this one. So, uh, it really starts off, uh, so Duke's kind of flighting, fighting this giant, uh, what is it, Remar? Yeah. Remar. And um, and so, Destro's uh, planned, okay, so, okay, Cobra Commander is, is controlling the giant, and Destro's controlling um, Duke through the headbands thing. And so, Duke, or uh, Destro's... His uh, game plan is just to kind of turn it off and let Duke fight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a great plan. <laughs> exactly. He's like, uh, this Atari joystick is only going to do so much. <laughs> but um, so anyway, uh, so that kind of continues on. Um, uh, and so as I was kind of wrote on the forums, the Joes, they find the scientists that created the mass device. And their plan is basically they convince him to build one uh, for themselves so that they could kind of combat because they, they figure w- the mass is so powerful, you can take anything or Im- implant anything in the world with it. So they need the only way you can fight it is with uh, an equal kind of machine. So um, he builds the device eventually, but the w- only way it'll work is for them to get uh, these three kind of rare elements around the world. Um, yep. So let's see, what, so what are the three elements? There's uh, the, uh, the old frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> there, no, it's like hard water. Yeah. Um, the this pink uh, radiated crystals. Right, and then this asteroid um, that crash landed. Yeah, the yellow, the yellow stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, after uh, Destro kind of gets the satellite and gets all the stuff he needs, um, then basically, kind of throughout the rest of the miniseries, Cobra Commander keeps making threats that if you don't give me what I want. Then, I you know, and then he uses a, the mass as a demonstration of power, right? So he right. Yep. Um, takes things or you know, monuments, or <clears throat> it gets to the point where he takes these uh, Russian, the this entire Russian army. <laughs> That's my favorite too, because <laughs> you pointed it out, and I was thinking it when I watched it. Of like, they get teleported and they just give up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's got to be like a thousand <laughs> troops easily, and you just see lined up tanks and all kinds of stuff, and he grabs it all. Like, and and then there's like five Cobra troopers there that just kind of guide them. <laughs> They're just standing around with like rifles and ad, they all just in a line with their hands on their head, like, uh. okay. So anyway, um, so because of all this demonstration of power, um, like they are, they're running, they're quickly running out of the the fuel. You know, these elements right. that fuel the mass device. So we get into this in the next episode, but then it becomes a race between GI Joe and Cobra to reacquire. You have these elements. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think. Uh, so, so, yeah. 
So some of the things that I noticed was uh, Duke was actually given a gold piece to put in his headband to right. short circuit the Atari controllers, <laughs> and and the funny thing I found about that was his his band was being controlled by Destro, but yet when that gold band was put in there, it short circuited both controllers. <laughs> So. Yeah, exactly. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And if they and if they short circuited both controllers, then you would think like either through proximity or if they couldn't control them anymore, like none of the right. slaves, you know, headband would work. But anyway, right? Yeah. And then I liked uh, I I made a note that I, evidently the Cobra Troopers share the same training as the Stormtroopers from Star Wars because they can't <laughs> hit anything. No. Duke Duke is hanging by the head of this Cobra statue, and there's about five Cobra Troopers shooting at him, but none of them hit him. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's terrible. They're not even that far away. I'm like, come no, on. <laughs> ridiculous. So uh, uh, the other big thing yeah. is that this is uh you know Duke actually escapes right. Yeah. So he gets yeah. out, and th- and this whole um kind of hang glider chasing <laughs> like he he gets the way out because they're in this huge cobra temple you know that's almost like on top of a mountain so right. he takes a hang glider out like for a spin like he just right. steals just it rambling. yeah just like swings out and then uh there's maybe two or three uh cobra troopers you know cobra cobra commanders like after him so they go right. and it's actually really well I, I was really impressed with how well it was animated i mean you've got yeah. uh characters flying like right at you and then coming in front of the camera and back around and uh, yeah, the, the whole the choreography and everything yeah. was done really well. The chasing was pretty well storyboarded, thought out. But it was kind of funny as you get a little further along the scene. All of a sudden, there's easily five or six oh, yeah. Cobra, <laughs> Cobra soldiers behind. I'm like, how did they catch up? Are their hang gliders faster? Like that makes well, no sense to me. The part that cracked me up the most too is I'm like, why is Duke trying so hard to avoid them and like do these fast moves and dodging and everything else? And I'm like, none of them are shooting at him. Right. It's like, I'm like, you're already ahead of them. Just the go in a straight is, line. Just keep going straight and head where you need to go. Yeah. I can understand if they were shooting at them, but I'm like, why are you trying to like dodge them? Like, I, I was just like, just keep going straight where you want to go and they'll keep following. They yeah. can't go any faster. They don't have jet it looked It looked cool, but it was like one of the quietest chase scenes I've oh, ever yeah. seen in, in any kind of TV or animation. There's just like, whoosh, yeah, whoosh, like as they fly by and I'm just like, this looks cool. But that's it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> and then the great thing about it is his he crashes, and <laughs> and, and you could go ahead and say what happens okay, next. Okay, so he just, he just runs into a tree, right? And so he's falling down the trees, bang, bang, hitting all the limbs, and then lands exactly in the gunner seat of a his tank. And, like, thunk, he's, like, in the seat. Thanks, guys. And he, like, peels out. <laughs> Which, I'm like, he needs to play the lottery because... <laughs> no, if you're going to land in anything, his tank's about the best thing you can hit. And, and it's just the two Cobra soldiers, like, leaning up against a tree talking. But yeah. I didn't know you could drive a his tank from the gunner seat. Apparently you can. And if you I can, what's the point of having a, you know, a driver right. anyway? <laughs> well, I also don't understand, again, going back to the Sky Striker situation, how does Duke automatically know how to drive a his tank? <laughs> Apparently they're set up just like the Atari controllers, like, just right. on the inside. Right. One button and a joystick. <laughs> exactly. A shoot button and a go forward, go back, left or right. So then he, he ends up being shot at and everything else, and he runs the his tank into the ground, and he falls into some quicksand. Right. And <laughs> instead of shooting him right when you have him there, they're like, yeah, he's done. <laughs> like, all they would have to do is seriously wait five minutes. He's right. either going to die from suffocation, or he's going to climb out and then you shoot him, right? Right. Five minutes of your day. Right. Just to guarantee this guy's dead, and they couldn't do it. They waited but, not even thirty seconds. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, but then, he's dead. 
the first thing I thought of was, yeah, but then you have the whole uh, droids from Star Wars. Like, if that guy had just shot the escape pod, <laughs> right? <laughs> then, <laughs> That's true. then this none of this would have happened. So um, I did think it was awesome seeing uh, Tripwire actually get, like, kind of actually some dialogue and everything. Cause... Yeah, he was one of the first um, kind of side Joes, I guess you could say, that wasn't, like, maybe your your top five or six guys, you know. And he was uh, spotlighted pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we had Snow Job with his awesome accent. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't even place it. I was like, I think it's a Boston accent. I don't know. <laughs> it might be. I think so. Um, and then hearing Major Blood with his accent also was was pretty cool. Yeah, um, a real recognizable voice, like straight from the beginning. Yeah, because I said even to this day when I read the comics, I hear those voices in my head. Yeah, totally. So uh, the snake armor, which they showed was cool, uh, that was in the, the cave. Yeah, uh, they entered into uh, with the rocks on the back of them. I actually thought of the rock lords. They yeah. looked a little bit <laughs> rock lords, but yeah. And then I, I also said I thought the same thing about uh, Scarlet and Snake Eyes when she teared up because they had to leave Snake Eyes behind. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I certainly didn't pick up on it um, growing up, and again because I hadn't read the comics, I didn't know sure. their relationship. I always just thought it was Duke and Scarlet, but she got really emotional about it, and I just kind of think. Was that would she have done that for Tripwire? Like I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. Now one of the, and yeah, it's like the first hint. Is there a love triangle going on? As an yeah. adult, like you said, as a kid, I would never picked up on that. But uh, but the one thing I did note uh, once I got into the second episode what, that I thought was kind of interesting was all the Cobra lead, all the Cobra characters knew all the Joes' names, and all the Joes knew the Cobra characters' names. <laughs> right. And I was like, it made me feel like there was a series of cartoons before this one that I didn't see. <laughs> and yeah, I was exactly. like, they should almost make a cartoon now that's called like G.I. Joe the beginning or something like that. Some kind they... of one shot or comic or something just to be like, uh, well, I mean, I think I, and quite honestly, I think that's kind of what we wanted to do with IDW because yeah. it was before either of them knew of each other and they, right. you know, kind of slowly start to find out about it. But, and even between the, the two miniseries that we're covering today, like it seemed like there was some story in between, obviously, because we have all new characters showing up, and, and uh, we'll get into a continuity issue between the two miniseries once we get into the second one. But yeah. it seemed like there was some story in between there that, that we didn't see that I was like, wow, that'd be kind of cool to go back now and, and create a cartoon. That Yeah, and I think actually I some of the only recruiting you really see is kind of a, ship, a shipwreck in the second uh, miniseries, but everybody just kind of shows up, so you know that yeah. there's there's a ton of new characters, but they are they're all just like they've been there a while. They've been there a while, exactly. Um, the other thing I noticed uh, in the second episode was we already start seeing Destro and Cobra Commander bickering like oh man the the, the names they call each other like all throughout yeah. it. I, I actually started writing them down and I can't find my notes for those, but <laughs> it was like every time they insulted each other, I was writing it down. It's just like it's Buckethead and Ten Face and yep. you know just and, all the time. You also already start seeing in the second episode Cobra Commander's incompetence because like Destro wants to like take care of Duke and like get rid of him and Cobra Commander's like ah let's have some dinner let's have and- fun yeah <laughs> I know let's get back to the games I'm like how is Destro not in charge I just don't understand <laughs> no. like I guess Cobra Commander started it and pulls Destro in and so Destro is subservient just because like he's in charge you can tell he's in charge of the weapons of the machinery yeah I mean so he has this place but and, and pretty soon we see him kind of try to take over but yeah exactly um so then we get into the third episode which the title alone just terrible it's up. like what the, the, the worms of death <laughs> 
I'm like, when I, I mean, think of worms, I really don't think of them as very intimidating. No. <laughs> like, I got to say. And I, I, one of my first comments about this is I had uh, these images of other typically non-threatening things that have um, <laughs> death being added to the end of it. So I said, like, the teddy bear of death, the bunny of death. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, wait, that actually, the bunny of death has actually been done before with Monty Python. <laughs> so, oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> with terrible teeth and sharp claws. <laughs> run away, so, run away, run away. <laughs> we already got the one. Uh, <laughs> so then I, uh, what happened in the third episode, We uh, Duke is back at the base, and they try to have him recall uh, where he was in this, like, X-Men Cerebro contraption thing yeah and and just want to point out too like this is i mean obviously the mass device is kind of this futuristic tech but all throughout there's these little elements um that kind of show that their their technology is more advanced you know certainly than in the 80s but even more advanced than today yeah absolutely and one of the things i heard just recently when uh actually the uh, guys with toys the other show that chuck's on uh, they had Kirk Bozigian on, and he he was saying that their whole goal was to try to keep G.I. Joe about five, roughly about five years or maybe even a little bit more beyond where the current military was. Yeah. And they would do that by going and actually going to military shows and stuff like that where they would show the latest technology and latest weapons and stuff oh, like that's that. That's cool. So, yeah. Um. So let's see, uh, we see that uh, Cobra busts into the, the crystal caves in the Arctic uh, with a robot to retrieve the crystals. Uh, but this also frees up the irradiated Snake Eyes, uh, who carries the canister of crystals out. Major like Blood's just like, yeah, Major Blood's like, allow him to pass. He'll die from the radiation. Again, just shoot him. They just shoot him, but yeah, they're just like... We won't let him go. They're like the poor guy. <laughs> so then uh, Snake Eyes frees a wolf and, you know, and uh, from a bear trap, and you know, because wolf's not gonna be freaked out by a glowing guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the wolf starts following him. Uh, Snake Eyes. I, I made a note. Snake Eyes gets attacked by a fifty-foot bear, polar bear. <laughs> it was enormous. <laughs> <laughs> I said the arms were the size of Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Timber attempts to save Snake Eyes, but both get knocked down. Uh, and then this old blunt blind man with like this heavy scottish or irish accent shows up i was way thrown off by this i'm like what is this guy doing up in the yukon or wherever they're at you know i'm just like how did he yeah. end up in this place he's got some type of cattle prod that he chases away the <laughs> polar bear with uh he takes snake eyes back to his home and he uses these herbs and plants to soak up the radiation i i think uh doctors would be very interested in finding exactly. out about these herbs <laughs> Um, it saves his life. Uh, the old man also names the dog Timber, uh, and gives Snake Eyes, uh, guidance to a boat that will get him to civilization. And we never see this guy ever again. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. (laughs) I always wondered if it was like a nod to Blind Master just because he's blind and he kind of takes Snake Eyes under his wing. But I'm like, he's a, some Scottish dude up in the North Pole, so I don't really... I thought the same thing, and then I also was like, was this a hint to Zartan? Because the eyes were, like, kind of weird, like... Yeah, Zartan kind of blackened out, out, yeah. Yeah. I but then know. I was like, well, that can't be, but, yeah. I, It'd be, I think it, he should be codenamed Plot Device. <laughs> I don't really know exactly what they're Perfect. going for. That. <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, the Joes go after the next element of hard water, and I said someone must have been reading the Golden Age Flash, uh, Jay Garrick. <laughs> Because that's how he got his speed powers was through hard water. Oh, okay. 
Um, and uh, the Joes are led by Torpedo, which that was really cool. It seemed like each episode there was a, a new character, new yeah, Joe. Yeah, that was really neat. He had one of the most, like, um, how do I say this? Flamboyant entrances. <laughs> like, like yes. Just the way he's like, hey, everybody, hey, it's Torpedo. Let's get in the water. I'm just it's like, Brian. who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know who he is, but I want to party with that I know, guy. Seriously, he's totally the guy you hang out with on the weekends. Right. Um, so they they go down to get the hard water, but the commotion between them and Cobra wakes up the underwater giant tube worms. These things were freaky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are worms of death. Like those I are was, worms of- I was. They were just bizarre looking with these crazy mouths, and I remember being freaked out as a yeah. kid. Right. <laughs> I can't say that. Okay. Well, I was four. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, the Joes and Cobras team up because they realize they have to team up to save themselves. Right. And then they split the hard water. But, of course, Baroness tries to, to take it from them. And they say, no, back off. we got submarines. They're going to blow you up. Uh, the Joes uh, back, are back at base try to take down the uh, the Cobra oh, satellite. Quick, again, these, yeah. like the vehicles they were in wasn't in a shark. It was just kind of like a real generic looking. Yeah, uh, kind of like so, a shark, but not quite. It, it had hints of the. Yeah, it had hints of that. I also like right before they went down, uh, diving down, like torpedoes describing how they get squashed like grapes. And I can't remember who it was, yeah. like Clutch or somebody <laughs> had grapes in his hand and he squashed I'm them. Like, who's bringing grapes on a mission <laughs> as like a snack? Hey, everybody, I have fruit. I don't know. Next time, next time I'm bringing a banana with me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of a visual pun. Yeah. And then it would have been the perfect spot for like cobra eels or oh yeah, uh, you know wetsuit. But they, I mean, obviously these I don't think they had designed these characters yet. So yeah, yeah, everything was real generic. Um, I did like the red suits though. I think that the cobra. Uh, I think Baroness or no Baroness was in that bubble thing. Uh yeah. Well, this, she yeah. got out though, or she isn't. Yeah. She was in that the whole time. I think she was in that the whole time. Well, didn't a worm grab it and, like, crush it? Started crushing it. Oh, but okay, I, but not all the way. Not all the way, yeah. Because um, Cobra can build some tough stuff, so. <laughs> uh, the, it never the Joes, Yeah, the Joes back at the base, they try to take out the Cobra satellite by sending, uh, they tell, they send some uh, people up to attack the satellite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's cre- created by Short Fuse, Steeler, and Clutch. Um, but Cobra uses the last of their elements for the mass device to send shock troops into space and shoot down the Joe satellite. Yeah. Um, which that cracked me up too, because it, it was like, it reminds me of, uh, here's a plot hole in IDW's continuity, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> you know where I'm going. With I drew this, this scene. Yeah. <laughs> there's Cobra agents now up in this cartoon. There's Cobra agents up in space. Yeah, right. Just floating. Just floating. No one ever went back for them. In IDW's continuity, there's Cobra <laughs> agents on the moon that it's no one's on ever the gone moon. back. Nope. That actually had rocks that said, help us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. IDW's like, eh, we'll forget about that story. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we, we couldn't end that Mass Device story fast enough. Like, we did not have very much support for that. But, so... Well, I'm thinking the the floating Cobra agents should go to the moon, <laughs> check on the survivors. Yeah, hang out with the other ones. At least um, yeah. they might, they might have food. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so uh, 
I actually forgot about that plot in IDW until I think someone on the forums pointed it out. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about them. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Like 20 years from now, some writer's going to reread that and go, oh, then we could pull this and figure out and tell the story. What happened to them? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, the, any idea of G.I. Joe's in space and everybody, you know, freaks out yeah. like it's too sci-fi once they go in space. But I'm like, they did that in the first miniseries. Right. Of the TV show, but oh well. Yeah, I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't get too crazy. Um, So uh, Snake Eyes arrives uh, back at the base receiving a big hug from Scarlet. And he's carrying uh, his, the canister he has, however, starts releasing a paralyzing gas, knocking the Joes out, and has a timer for detonation of a bomb. Uh, and on the canister, it shows the Cobra symbol. So. Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, why Snake Eyes would (laughs) have. trusted the device or not have thought you know yeah it wasn't just a container i mean I, he probably didn't have anything on it well i mean like what did the joes bring to pick up this radiated crystal like they must have had some kind of container their hands i guess <laughs> well snake guys don't even have gloves on like what was he thinking um i did point out also that even though it the relationship between destro and the baroness isn't shown outright yet there were moments where they kind of confide into each other yeah and that's true and everything else so um also the one thing speaking going back to the costume thing with uh snake eyes baroness in this whole miniseries is wearing that blue costume oh it's terrible with like I, is it green glasses like green yes. uh kind of shade glasses yep. <laughs> yes it's um, a bad outfit yeah yeah um also one thing i noticed when i was watching uh just a little error that they had was uh i love catching these things there was a moment where the mass device they were talking about how the the containers were getting empty and they needed to refill them and then they they shot away and then they came back and all the canisters were full I noticed that too, just like a, a little kind of mix up in the animation, but yeah. there's a few of them, and that was definitely one. I caught that too. I was like, uh. <laughs> uh that's not supposed to happen that way. Um, so then going into the fourth episode, yeah. uh, Duel in the Devil's Cauldron. Uh, so CoverGirl assists with Timber, uh, is able, they're able to get the canister out of the base and away before it explodes. Mm hmm. Uh, I personally love how CoverGirl knows Timber's name. Right. <laughs> Snake Eyes is, you know, obviously he hasn't written down a note and said, hi, this is my dog. His name's Timber. Right. He's been knocked out. He doesn't speak. <laughs> exactly. Timber isn't going to go, hi. He doesn't CoverGirl, have a collar. He's Timber. like, you know, if I'm lost, return me to the J.I. Joe pit. My name's Timber. My name's Timber, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we see, uh, then we go and see uh, Selena. Uh, the slave girl that Duke received help from. Uh, she's speaking with the giant gladiator, uh, who now has a name. Yes, and a voice. Ram- yeah, Ramar. Yeah, and uh, Ramar tries to throw a spear at Cobra Commander, but his headband makes him lose control of himself, and Cobra Commander has him battle a big giant robot to the point of exhaustion. Because uh, you know, I often have just giant robots <laughs> laying around that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to have him fight the gladiator today. So. Well, I kind of think they could have used Cobra's resources to actually get a little bit more than one canister of each of these elements instead of building robots for gladiator fights. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, they had maybe a five-gallon bucket of each of these elements. Yeah. And they wouldn't think that they'd run through that pretty quickly. <laughs> well, there's also a comment. I can't remember which episode it is. There's a comment from Cobra Commander, like, yelling at Destro for wasting money, wasting the money yeah. that they worked so hard to get. <laughs> 
And I'm like, you're building giant robots, and you stole all the money. It's not like you earned it. Exactly. You get free pizza. Why are you complaining? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, Cobra Commander tries to use the mass device while Destro is away, because uh, he's like that, yeah. uh, to hit New York. But Selena splashes water on the back of the control panel, shorting it out. But this uses up the last of the third element that Cobra had. Um, I was amazed that just splashing the device with water would short it out like that. Yeah, it's not waterproof. <laughs> no. Don't take the mass device underwater, even though it uses hard water. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Stalker comes uh, on in a secret, quote-unquote, secret communication to the base, uh, which I said jumbled up looks like one of those sliding tile puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he states that Co- uh, the Joe is uh, complying with Cobra's demands to surrender, uh, but it was a f- it's all a fake-out because they knew that Cobra was listening. And I don't remember Cobra demanding Joe to surrender. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They were just wanting money, basically. Right. So uh, Joe heads out to the volcano in South America called the Devil's Cauldron, hence the title of the episode, uh, where an asteroid is sitting in lava, and this asteroid is the last element needed. Destro shows up with uh, Cobra, and, a, and the battle ensues. Uh, Cobra gets the asteroid, but the Joes storm the flying base only to have Scarlet taken captive by Destro, so she follows her lover by getting captured. Right. Uh, Destro flies away, <laughs> but Scarlet uses her feet to fire her crossbow into the flight controls, and they head uh, for a crash course into the mountains ahead. And that's where the episode ended. Um, the one Joe that actually got a, a good spotlight on this ep- uh, episode was Wild Bill. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, he had a southern accent and everything else. Yeah, it was kind of the first time we hear him or show up and speak. And then also Ace, um, Ace yep. you know, flying in the Sky Striker, which was the only appropriate <laughs> show yes. qualified to do so. Um, I also like when the uh, asteroid flew up in the air and the Sky Strikers flew in to catch it with a net. <laughs> <laughs> Again, could never happen in real life. Like the because... asteroid would hit the net and the Sky Striker would just go bam and slam bam, into each right other. Each other it would explode. Right. You would no longer have Ace and G.I. Joe. It'd be over. Um, I also said that evidently Cobra stole some designs from Marvel's S.H.I.E.L.D. team because uh, they have their own Hellcarrier. Yeah, there's a lot of um, just interesting designs. Again, just kind of some bizarre kind of designs and and vehicles you never see again. Yeah, and I actually liked seeing, you were mentioning Ace, I liked seeing Ace uh, go up against Destro in, Mm -hmm. in the skies. That little air battle was really cool. So, um. But yeah, and then uh, also one thing to point out too with CoverGirl, this is the last time we see CoverGirl with blonde hair, uh, right? Yeah, this series um, because she goes to that reddish brown hair afterwards. So yeah, that's just shorter. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so then we have. Uh, I def- and I, you know I definitely yeah. think I like the blonde better too. Like it yeah. separated her from Lady J and Scarlet a lot more. Scarlet. Yeah, you had your blonde, your redhead, and your brunette, so you're yeah, kind of all set there. But evidently, it didn't test well. <laughs> uh, so we have the conclusion to the mass device story, which is a stake in the serpent's heart. Uh, Scarlet guides Destro to use her crossbow to pull himself into the controls of the ship. This whole thing seemed bizarre, right? So she shoots the controls to do what? I mean, she's tied up, right? So it's not like she can right. Jump out of I mean, the plane. It's like she wanted to crash the ship, and then she was like, 
you know what, second thought, let's not crash this ship. Right, so then she does everything she can to save the ship, and then right. she's still caught at the end of the... I'm like, this is a, what was the point? I just didn't get it. And I, le- I did like how she she called uh, Destro an idiot or something like that. Yeah, oh, she man. grabbed the wrong arrow and stuff. <laughs> so, um, so then searching into Duke's... Uh, well, needless to say, they were... They were they were saved, and then Scarlet's thrown into a room with Selena. Uh, and I think this is the first time we hear uh, Scarlet say something like uh, six foot two eyes of blue yeah. to describe Duke. I'm like, okay, gag me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the back at the Joe base, they're searching uh, Duke's memory. She's like, you know, uh, you know Duke, right? He's like six foot two, self-righteous douchebag. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah and, <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. He gave me this ring. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they they realize that Duke actually gave Selena his ring, which has a tracking device in it because, you know, mine does too. Right. Uh, that's how my wife keeps track of me. Uh, <laughs> the, they can use it to direct their own mass device to send the Joes to that location for a rescue, which cracked me up because I'm like, okay, if you're using the ring to hone in on where they're at, then why, when you teleport it, you teleport it outside the base? Like, well, doing I guess they just don't know the layout of the base. Right, but wouldn't, wouldn't, if that's your homing beacon, wouldn't you teleport to the homing beacon? Like, wouldn't you all appear in that little room with Scarlet? <laughs> well, maybe, but, I mean, they were in in the caves at the time or wherever their holding cells oh, are, right? True. And they teleport with all these vehicles and all this kind of stuff. I think the idea was, like, we know where the base is. Uh, geographically, let's teleport all the vehicles and troops we need to infiltrate the base. Close to it. I see what you're saying. Like, you should just yeah. be able to, like, teleport in, grab her, teleport out. Yeah, that makes more sense. Like a small in- infiltration team makes more sense. Yeah. Um, while all this is happening, Scarlet and Selena try to lead a slave revolt, but they're that ends up. so quickly. And the, like you mentioned it, <laughs> it's so funny. There is one dude. Like all these slaves are just in ragtag clothes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they've been there a while. They're just worked work like dogs. There's one dude in like jeans and a t-shirt and sunglasses. Sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes running out with everybody else like, oh, let's get him. He's got like these big purple aviator glasses. <laughs> awesome. He's like he's like uh, just some Ray Ban you know sales consultant yeah. gets caught and he becomes a slave. Right. Uh, so the Joes teleport using the mass device to the Cobra Castle, where there's a huge battle. Um, and this is actually where we see the, the one of the. This was another one where I noticed a character that was in jeans and a t-shirt, just as random Joe who appeared multiple times, mind you. It wasn't like just one time in the background. Right. There was like at least two or three times where there's this, just this Joe that's wearing blue jeans and a white t-shirt. And carrying a gun, and he's just fighting in the background. <laughs> he's like, he must have just been on the janitorial staff back at the pit. And he's like, hey, I'm going to hop in with the mass device teleportation at the last minute. And they're like, yo, Joe. And he's like, or he's like out of the corner of his mouth, yo, Joe. <laughs> or he was actually just mopping up, and he just got a little too close to the exactly. mass device. <laughs> exactly. He's like, whoop. <laughs> I guess I'm going to fight my way out of all this. Oh, right, crap. <laughs> Good thing I keep a pistol in the mop bucket. <laughs> So uh, the Joes win the big battle. Uh, Duke frees Scarlet and Selena. Selena gives Duke a big kiss, but Scarlet steps in saying that was quite enough. And I like how she was like, okay with it until the kiss lasted a little too long. He's like, okay, all right. All right, wait a minute. All right, it's on. And she's like, about to take her out. She's like, oh, my gosh. Um, The Joes capture all the Cobra uh, troops, including Major Blood and the Baroness. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, Cobra Commander tries to escape, but Timber uncovers his disguise because it was such a oh, it's terrible. fantastic disguise. <laughs> <laughs> no one will discover me under this blanket and basket well, as I use his hat. <laughs> and I kind of wonder too, like, well, how, how does I mean, how do how does everybody else not see him? And then how does Timber know that it's you know one of the bad yeah. guys? I don't know. Cobra, yeah, Timber's never met Cobra. Exactly. Before. Like, how does he know what he smells like or any of that? Probably the same way he told. Uh, cover girl. Isn't <laughs> He's telepathic. He's telepathic. Uh, Destro escapes, uh, and uh, and it, I, I thought I think I remember him escaping in a Cobra Fang, but I might be just remembering that wrong. Um, it was some type of helicopter. Yeah, I don't think it was a Fang specifically. I think it was again just a generic vehicle. So uh, the Joes use what elements they have left for the mass device to return the Eiffel Tower, which had been taken earlier by Cobra, but Breaker puts it <laughs> on country. <laughs> I know, I'm like, seriously? <laughs> so the Joes then have to move it manually uh, by barges to France. And here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, so he screwed up. Wouldn't it be easier for you to send people out to get more of those elements than for you to spend, like, the next month traveling the Eiffel Tower by... Oh, just... gosh. I can't even imagine the logistics of physically moving the Eiffel Tower, one across the English Channel, which isn't, like, uh, a still pond, you know what I mean? Like, So they've got to get it across. And then across land all the way to Paris, I'm just... Yep. This is also the episode I know you mentioned earlier where uh, Destro actually did take command of Cobra because he felt that Cobra Commander was incompetent. So yeah, so he takes control, but then nothing goes right for him either. So right. exactly. So uh, so that was the first story arc. Um, going into, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the the first one? Um, again, well, I was just kind of as a joke, like in the first uh, opening, I remember mm-hmm. always kind of wondering how somebody would eject from a Cobra Fang actually just oh, talking yeah. about it. You know, it's, it's this little tiny helicopter with no, um, you know, cockpit can- canopy or anything. Right. And if you're going to eject, <laughs> the only thing above you is the splin- spinning blades of death. Right. Like there's no way, you know, you can get out. Of- well, in the opening sequence, Cobra commander's flying around in one of these things and his right. fang gets shot. And it just kind of like, very deftly like rolls out from the side and then poof is you know parachute. It's kind of like stuff. someone falling. It's kind of like someone rolling out of bed. He just kind of rolls over. I think and... what you have to do is just turn the turn the joystick left. You roll out right. You know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> and then it'll crash to the left and you you know fall that, a little bit. By the way, the uh, spinning blades of death sounds like a, a future Joe episode. Yes, I think uh, <laughs> that's probably after the worms of death, the spinning blades of death. <laughs> G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind. That's right. It's Joe news, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com.
to Cybertron. Thank you, Soundwave. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. Also a few supplemental episodes in an interview with Stan Bush. So check out the TFG1 Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transforming Rollout. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join host TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Now, back to G.I. Joe. All right, so then the, the second miniseries is called The Revenge of Cobra. And, uh, we, Which is kind of involves... weird when it starts out like G.I. Joe and then like this weird kind of watery Revenge of Cobra. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. what? Is this the same show? Yeah, exactly. And this whole miniseries deals with the Weather Dominator, which I'm, I figured out by this point <laughs> what the formula is for a G.I. Joe miniseries. Like it worked the first time. You you take something that Cobra wants or Cobra already has, you split it into three yes. and put it in different parts of the world, and then you send both teams to go get them in different parts of the world, and then they all come together at the end. Right. That's it. That's the, Works that's every the time. Uh, just let Cobra develop all the weapons. G.I. Joe can steal them later. Yep. And, uh, and I thought about even in the future when we get to uh, Arise, Serpento, or Arise, I was like, they even did the formula there. They just decided they had to travel <laughs> to different parts to get the different essences of That's the true. Uh, Yeah, I forgot about that. So so the, they evidently found out, you know, this formula works, so just keep going with it. <laughs> um, I can't remember everything about the Pyramid of Darkness, which is the next miniseries, um, right. but I'm, I'm kind of, I can't remember if they follow that same formula again, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, the Revenge of Cobra was definitely like one of my top three favorite GI Joe stories when it comes to the cartoon. I think overall, just the the battles had a much larger scope. Again, the yep. uh, the cast both of GI Joe and Cobra expands. Um, we get introduced to all the Dreadnoughts and especially Zartan, Firefly, yep. uh, Storm Shadow. Like you see so many more characters yep. across the board, and then um, uh. Yeah, but I, I was always just blown away by the how the scope of the battles. Yeah. And um and that's what, to me just what really cemented. Now when did this one come out? Do you know the dates? This one this one actually came out in 84. Okay. Um so, oh, so just I a actually, year later. Yeah, it was just a year later. Um so yeah, the second mini series uh premiering in 84. Uh as such most of the 1984 and even some of the 1985 products are given plenty of screen time. Right. So, uh, and Revenge of Cobra was actually written by Ron Friedman, who, uh, I believe he did the first miniseries and he also wrote the, uh, the movie. Gotcha. So, it's his fault. Right. It's his fault. Okay. His early day. He was just like George Lucas. His early right. days were good. And when he got later in his years, he didn't write stories as well. Yeah. Two so. out of three. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing uh, I noticed right from the beginning of the, uh, the first episode is called in the Cobra pit. And the first thing I noticed right away is exactly what you were talking about, which is the huge battle scene 
with Joe is trying to transport a cannon with a special energy source, but Cobra attacks to steal it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just <laughs> this huge roster of characters. Uh, there's no more generic vehicles. All the vehicles right. are the stuff we know now. Um, and everything's specialized to Joe and Cobra and things like that. And they just, there's this huge battle with Firefly and, uh, Major Blood and all of them are just coming out of the woodwork. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, and I actually like that they used Firefly appropriately. Like he caused a, a fire blockade by using some explosives. <clears throat> yeah, that was really cool. Like it just completely made sense. Yeah, like he's sabotaging the road. When he so comes like flying out in this little trouble bubble. Yeah. Which doesn't, it looks it's a, a little it, it's different. A, it's a little different, but it is definitely a trouble bubble, but it definitely had a little bit of a different look to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because at uh, the beginning of this, it's kind of like they're on the road with the caravan and, you know, Cobra is trying to take this cannon. Um, the IDW books, issue zero, way back in 2008, 2009, when I first started, the very mm-hmm. first script I got from Larry Hama was a very similar story. It was this highway chase where the Joes had a, like a missile uh, launcher semi, you know, it's running down yeah. the road. And then Destro comes out, or I mean... Uh, Baroness and Storm Shadow come up in their own truck, and his tanks come out the back, and they're going to yep. take them all out. And I was just like, oh, this is really neat, because as I was watching this, I forgot how similar yeah. kind of uh, the book was going to start at IDW, and they went a different direction. But um, yeah. that was kind of no, that's cool. That is cool. That is very cool. Um, and also we see uh, with this battle, we now see that Snake Eyes has his visor look. Yeah, the version 2. Yep, the uh, Baroness has her black costume with the Cobra. Much emblem. better costume. <laughs> Way better. Um, we're also introduced to, uh, like, Flint, Lady J, Roadblock, Scrap Iron, Zartan, and, and like I said, a bunch of other characters. Yeah, Mutt and Junkyard. Um, yeah, Mutt and Junkyard are in there, um, which we'll get into some silliness with them. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> uh, the, uh, and once again, Duke gets captured, but this time he brings Snake Eyes with him. Right. <laughs> He's like, man, I need somebody to talk to. Oh, wait. Right. Uh, and because of this, Flint immediately takes charge. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah you, yeah, you definitely get a sense of a chain of command, and yeah. uh, Flint as a leader is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and even later on, when when Flint isn't around, we see that like it looked like Scarlet then was like the next right. chain of command. So, so, yeah, like you said, it was really cool that they had that. Um, Real quick, in, the, in yeah. the cartoon, who do you think is after uh, Scarlet? Uh, maybe stalker. stalker. Yeah. yeah, that would be my first instinct. Would be stalker. Yeah. You can't have Snake Eyes lead anyone because he can't give uh, orders. But yeah, that's <laughs> thing. But, right. Um, yeah, I would think Stalker would be the next one. In, I think in so. Progression. I mean, he he shows up in the very beginning of the first, you know, the first miniseries. He's been around. Yeah, I'd totally say I think Stalker yeah. would take over. Yeah. Um, or Cutter, one of the <laughs> <laughs> mud. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we also see that not only is Flint and, uh, or I'm sorry, not only is, uh, Duke and Snake Eyes captured, but the Joes capture Cobra Commander, which here's the funny thing. Here's the continuity issue I have. <laughs> right. Okay. We have this big battle. Something happened between the first miniseries and the second miniseries because the Baroness is free. Cobra yep. Commander is free. <laughs> Major Blood is free. <laughs> they all got away. They all got away somehow. I was like. Did I miss a story in between? <laughs> the only one who was free at the end was like Zart or uh, Destro at the end of the Destro. first one, you know. Yeah, so I was like, did, did Destro free them? Yeah, like, so there's what some happened? cool missing story that needs told. Right, exactly. Um, 
So a cobra base is uh, raised out of the sand, uh, the sand-like wasteland. And Destro uses his new invention, the Weather Dominator, to take out some sky the sky strikers that are in pursuit, which is flint, roadblock, <laughs> mud, and junkyard. <laughs> We're going to start a list of the most unlikely sky striker pilots. <laughs> and I believe a dog is going to be at the top of that list. Top of that list, yes. <laughs> I would be okay if Mutt was in there. Right, and exactly. And the first person, you know, you see Mutt fly it, but then right. you don't realize that Junkyard was in the plane until they crash land. Right. And they start calling out for Junkyard. You're like, wait a minute. He was in the plane? Like, what What are you thinking? Exactly. I was like, no, <laughs> he can't be in there. Hey, junkyard, be my spotter. Oh, he's on your six. Like, I just don't see that happening. Right. I was well at first too. I was thinking, well, maybe they, maybe they screwed up like I did as a kid and thought that junkyard was actually the person and Mutt was the dog. <laughs> it may, maybe, but I think they call out for Mutt and yeah, junkyard. They do. So they do, yeah. they do. But my, my first instinct was maybe it was just a mistake. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that dog could not have been in that plane. Yep. But <laughs> um, so uh, Cobra Commander is actually rescued by the Baroness and Zartan. Mm-hmm. Uh, which actually that was one thing I wanted to mention with the previous miniseries. Since there was no Zartan, it seemed like everybody else had disguises. Like everyone else did the Scooby Doo yeah. fake mask thing. Right. <laughs> and well, now we have a Zartan that does it pretty much by himself. And I remember kind of throughout the series, you see a few others, like as you get introduced to Zarana, and of course Lady J yeah. does it a few times. Right. Um, but I remember Zartan, like he was the man. Like when I watched this as a kid, uh, yeah. just the fact that he could. The, when you first are introduced to him, he's using his camouflage powers and stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, like later on, you see the whole ah sunlight. I just that didn't yeah. make sense, but it was cool. No. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. And the, and I'm very curious to see as the as we get into the series, like how much they stay true to the sunlight thing because I have a feeling like later on when I've seen I saw Zartan in the later episodes, they didn't focus on that as as much. But I could be wrong. Right. So. So I we'll, think they we'll just see. introduced it because, I mean, that was the gimmick of his toy was that he would right. change, change color. And I forgot how echoey his voice was. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of <laughs> through a filter. And um, when I he did a, an interview, I think, with um, the What's on Joe Mind guys. And okay. it's like, that does sound like Zartan, but something's missing. And then when Something's I when I watched this, I was like, oh, yeah, he's like run through this echo filter, metallic right. filter thing. Yeah, he smoked too much or I something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Cobra Commander reveals to Destro that he had Zartan on a permanent retainer to rescue him. So then I was thinking, well, maybe that's how Cobra Commander got out from the last time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, Duke and Snake Eyes try to escape but are overwhelmed by troops again. Uh, one of my favorite things with this is that they snatched guns from the troopers. And instead of shooting the other troopers that are there, they just shot the guns out of their hands. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> and then tried to attack them with the guns. <laughs> I know, I'm like, you're a good enough shot, right, that you can shoot the guns out of their hands with ease. I mean, relative right. ease. Right. And then you're just going to pummel them. Right, just attack them, because that's how you're going to get out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Destro reveals uh, another invention of his to Cobra Commander, where a small withered vine given water can turn deadly. And he explains that... He has these vines out in the canyon where the Sky Strikers went down, and with the rain caused by the Weather Dominator, the Joes will, uh, who crashed will be finished. Uh, Flint tries to find Roadblock, Mutt, and Junkyard as the deadly vines kind of wrap around him. Right. So uh, This is also, we obviously get introduced to uh, Roadblock's rhymings, which oh, I, man. <laughs> I love that they had that right from the beginning. From the very beginning, yeah. 
So, uh, and Zart- we were talking about Zartan. Zartan actually turns blue in the sunlight. Uh, Storm Shadow actually appears. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Like yeah. to see this character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't find out too much about him at first. He, you start wondering like, is he like? Because I don't think he speaks in the first episode. So you're kind of like, is he like another Snake Eyes character where he doesn't talk or you know? So, um, so going into the next episode, the the vines of evil, much <laughs> like the worms of death. Yes. <laughs> So oh, I man. just need like Eve of something of something bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so on this uh, this one, I said was uh, pretty basic. Flint is being attacked by the vines, and as he fights, uh, he comes across Roadblock, who's also fighting the vines. Right. They both find Mutton Junkyard, who have used the Crash Sky Strikers engines to shoot flames out of there, uh, and that keeps the vines at bay. Uh, they decide to use the time that they have left to build uh, a, like a makeshift helicopter. And as they lift <laughs> off, the jet fuel gives out and the vines grab onto Roadblock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roadblock, Roadblock seems to sacrifice himself down to the vines to allow the others to get away. Right. Um, He's like, it's and- not my day. You folks get away. <laughs> They're like, all right, Roadblock, we're sick of yeah. listening to your rhyming anyway. You can take one for the team. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Body massage. Body massage. <laughs> massage machine, go! Um, so, while this is all happening, Doc builds a contraption that he believes will help the Joes stop the Weather Dominator, and it utilizes mirrors to absorb the energy and then shoot it back. Uh, Duke and Snake Eyes are forced to fight each other with electrified weapons, uh, they used, it, it seemed like they were forced to fight each other, but they seemed like they were still in control of themselves. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't like a wholehearted, <laughs> they're just going through the motions. Right. Uh, they do use their fighting momentum to, uh, to knock down one of the controlling beacons and Snake Eyes uses his little belt communicator to send a quote unquote Joe code sig- signal to the base, letting them know where, uh, where Cobra plans to use the weather dominator, uh, device next, which is Washington DC. Yeah. Um, and then the two, the both of them are actually overrun by Cobra Troopers again. Failed <laughs> <laughs> attempts um, of escape over and yes. over. Um, the le- the lesson is um, don't ever get captured or don't just hang out with Duke. Like why would you ever even hang out yeah. with Duke? You're just gonna don't get even, captured. And failed escape Duke. attempts. <laughs> it's not worth your time. Does that count as like the second, the third time now that Duke's been captured? Because yes. I know he's already captured, but then he's oh, we're keeping count, and that's the third time. <laughs> that's the third time. <laughs> um, that'll be the running tally on these episodes. Exactly. How many times Roadblock rhymes, and how, how many, many times, times Duke is uh, captured? Captured, yes. <laughs> uh, the, the Joes go to Washington, and after some rough moments, are they're able to absorb the weather uh, energy signal and blast the energy back to the source, and this shatters the weather dominator into three pieces, following the formula. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they're scattered across the globe, and of course they're in three completely different environments. <laughs> uh, uh, this also causes the weather patterns across the globe to become erratic and dangerous. Uh, Flint and Mutt are shot down in, in their helicopter by Cobra Troopers, but they quickly overtake the Cobra Troopers and steal their uniforms to hide themselves. Right. Uh, which I know that there was a, a figure made of Flint in a Cobra uniform, uh-huh. but I don't think there was ever one made of Mutt. No, I don't think so, yeah. 
Um, so there's an idea for Apparently Hasbro. there's not a lot of demand for that figure. <laughs> uh, they travel to the nearest town and find themselves in a bar brawl. And after the fight, uh, they come to come across Shipwreck, who's like a mercenary and smuggler type guy. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting, too. I mean, it's an obvious Cobra bar. Like, I right. even think there's a sign or something on it. I forget. That like this is specifically a Cobra bar, and they walk in, and shipwrecks in the corner reading a paper. I'm like, what yeah. are you doing there? <laughs> well, and the thing I totally forgot was that shipwreck was not a Joe. Yeah, he he was just this guy there, and I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Now this miniseries gets a huge plus for me because there's shipwreck, but there's no pile Polly. <laughs> <laughs> And as, later on, we'll see Shipwreck, of course, fly a Sky Striker. And as silly as that is, at least he doesn't have Polly on his shoulder while he's doing it. Which, of course, <laughs> later on in the series, we do get to see. And that's a nice right. treat. But uh, Right. Yes. Yes. It's so. a Polyless Shipwreck at this point. Well, hey, if a dog can fly, why not a bird? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it's at least more likely that a bird's not going to know how to fly a plane because he knows how to fly. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, so... Uh, they travel to, uh, he, uh, Shipwreck actually offers to get them, uh, safely back to where they want to go. Uh, they take a sand skiff type thing, uh, that's powered by air, uh, but they soon find themselves, uh, in the middle of a huge sandstorm caused by, obviously by the weather dominator and Mutt falls out and is in danger of being swallowed up. Uh, and the episode ends there. So, uh, I can't remember if I had anything else. Uh, I'll, I could go ahead and do this next one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, so the end of the third episode is the Palace of Doom. Yes. Um, <laughs> this was an interesting one because it seemed to just kind of be all over the place. Uh, just lots of different, I don't know, pop culture elements. Like We'll get into it here in a second. Okay, so uh, picking up right where the last one left off, Flint heads out and he's um, going to try and save Mutt in the, from the sand, sandstorm. So he's, he's like using a, a shovel. To help kind of get him through the sand and uh, with a rope tied to him, so he can get his way back. Um, so they both make it back, and they're kind of being protected by the sand skiff. Uh, so as at, at once the storm's done, then they fire up the jets and kind of head out. So again, it's a weird cliffhanger that they just very easily get out of. Yeah, it, it seems dangerous at the time, but then they're like, "Oh, let's fix this problem." And I also love how um, Mutt is the one that fell out and not Junkyard. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, Junkyard's like, dude, come on, seriously. <laughs> it's obviously Junkyard is the one who leads this team. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so, and then we go back to Roadblock, and he is uh, getting free to the vines once the rain stops, which kind of seems like a really terrible fault, faulty in the programming <laughs> of uh, designing this vine. Because it, like, it just, like, crinkles up and dies immediately. It's not right, like... It's like <laughs> It's like the Death Star, where it's like, everything's protected except this one little shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even that, you'd have to find the shaft. These vines, as soon as it stops raining, immediately die. (laughs) Like, it's not even uh, over the next two or three weeks, there's not quite enough water. and You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, so much for that. Right. (laughs) Time to get back. So, uh, then, uh, so, okay, so he jumps onto a truck convoy um, that's headed for the Cobra base, uh, conveniently. Mm-hmm. And in the back of one of the trucks, he meets this uh, woman, Honda Lou West, which, again, Honda Lou, like. <laughs> she doesn't look like a Honda. <laughs> no, I, you know, I don't see her and immediately think Honda. The Lou I get and maybe the West. The Lou I get, yeah. But uh, anyway, so so she was one of the owners of the trucks and apparently the only one that they bothered to keep. 
in the back right. of the truck, which again makes no sense. But yeah, there's multiple trucks, but <laughs> she's the only one that they kept after hijacking. Oh, why would they truck. keep her? Why would they keep her? There's, I don't know. That, you know, it makes no sense. Anyway, so um, well, they wanted their free pizza, so they <laughs> so so Roblox like um, hey, don't you know I'm from GI Joe? And then Hondalu is just apparently knows what GI Joe is all about. And so yeah. and it's not a secret organization. Like apparently it's well known across the country. Who GI yeah. I was like for this being a special missions team to protect the world. They, everyone seems to know who the heck they are. Yeah, I don't think there's, you know, I don't know if they come right out and say it's supposed to be a covert yeah. operation, but at the same time, it's pretty public. Um, you know, if you're with GI Joe, you're a hero. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to remember the opening thing though isn't there something where he says a uh, covert special missions force <laughs> yeah possibly i'll have to rewatch it again see if it's because yeah. if they're covert the they are terrible <laughs> like apparently it's covert except for the semi trucks of the world and right anyway all right and cobra uh, cobra knows every single joke right. that's out there <laughs> exactly all right so uh flint and his team they head uh to uh the palace of doom to get a uh, piece of the weather dominator. It's the it's the one that's uh it's all pointy, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's like the the tip of it. It's the end of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they they it's in the middle of this kind of temple of doom, but they call it a palace of doom. Right. Indiana Jones went to the left and they went to the right. <laughs> yeah, you can either go to the temple or the palace. <laughs> right. Um so then there's like a huge battle, which is a really again a really good one of these epic battles yeah. in the miniseries. So um, you're right outside this Palace of Doom and they square off against Cobra. So this is really cool because Gung Ho, Shipwreck, Lady J, um, they kind of they're a team. But it's funny how Gung Ho is decided to be on this team because because uh, Flint's like uh, Lady J, you know, grab some people and go in. And Gung Ho's like, I'm coming too. He's like, What, Gung Ho? What are you doing here? You're supposed <laughs> to be monitoring the base. And he's like, What? There's a fight. I'm not missing out on this fight. The great part about it too is that shipwrecks along for the ride. He's not a military guy. Exactly. He's not with the Joe. So yeah, let, let's just bring start ordering him around. Like he's, he, well, you're welcome to come along. You look like a soldier. <laughs> he could just be dressed up in a sailor's outfit. They have. There's been no background check on who shipwreck he's, is. He's part of the village people. I guess. Bring him along. Oh, you can do this. You can handle a gun. Anybody if, you YMC, if you can do the YMCA, you can fly a sky striker. <laughs> oh, you know a guy named Spirit? Bring him along. <laughs> He looks like he's part of your group. Right. All right. So um, they head into the so this small group of gung ho shipwreck lady J. They head into the temple, but they activate the defenses, which is just this giant kind of Mayan looking stone statue that comes to life and starts chasing them down. Um, then Cobra, they send in these again these big snake armor robots, um, which looked exactly like the snake armors in the cave with the radiated elements, except those yeah. had the rocks on their back. Yeah. Um, which I um, when I went to the convention in the UK, they had one of their convention exclusives was they were remaking the snake armors. Oh, okay. And I was like, I had totally forgot what those were from until you know, we watched these miniseries again. I'm like, oh my right. gosh, yeah, that's what they're from. Yeah. So, um, oh, but so, well, actually, that was earlier on. They had the the white snake armors. Then they yeah. they made this gigantic like snake robot. Yeah, it was like yeah. this. Yeah, cobra headed snake robot. Uh, kind of mech looking thing and they send that in um which kind of again doesn't make they they send it in and it starts fighting this giant stone statue 
And like you mentioned on the boards, like which I love, it's just it becomes this Godzilla like battle. <laughs> yeah, it's like Godzilla versus King Kong. It's like <laughs> it's just these huge mega monsters are fighting each other, and then just like uh, Gung Ho, Shipwreck, and Lady J, like just kind of sneak out <laughs> while that's going on. Like oh, while well, that's right. happening. Um, also, what's going on? Um, another Joe team goes to the island of no return, which <laughs> there there is not a melodramatic. <laughs> title more you know it's like everything that's described the worms of doom island of no return it's such a desperate place so they were like at first they were like the island you'll never come back from no no, no not that can't that. be right yeah. <laughs> the island only some people will ever return from no right. it's got to be more definitive than this which of course everybody comes back from the island of no return this is like the most poorly named island i've ever seen it's ridiculous okay uh, so uh so with this team you've got cutter which is really cool team yeah, they send cutter yeah. torpedo hey man it's torpedo guy <laughs> and then wild bill and spirit and so they go up against cobra and on the cobra team you got baroness firefly storm shadow um and so they kind of get split off into their own little battles as they're fighting each other and uh zartan is kind of on the lookout watching all this happen yeah um it was. I always thought it was interesting that Spirit and Storm Shadow have this kind of ongoing uh, dual kind of battle. Um, yeah. I never would have thought of Spirit as someone that could handle a ninja. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of a martial arts. You know, I, I get him being a tracker or him being sure. just kind of one of the one of the other uh, soldiers. But it was kind of a weird mix. I kind of just wish. I, I mean, Snake Eyes is totally caught with Duke, but. Uh, Right. It would have made for such a better episode if it was Snake, Snake Eyes and, and Storm Shadow. Yeah. But anyway. Well, and it, the, I think part of the reason they probably did the Storm Shadow spirit thing was because they could both say their zen-like <laughs> quotes to each other constantly <laughs> while they're fight, fighting. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, I guess they're, they're terribly... Uh, <laughs> like He's like, how, white mind? I mean, it's just such... Uh, <laughs> It's a stereotypical. stereotypical Indian, you know, but yeah. So anyway, so they um they kind of start fighting uh throughout the island. Um but they they're the two that find the weather dominator piece, this kind of trapezoidal yeah. kind of block. And um so they both they both kind of fall into the water and they go over a waterfall with the weather dominator piece. Okay, so then we're back at the Palace of Doom, again this kind of Mayan Temple of Doom knockoff with uh, Gung Ho, Shipwreck, and Lady J. So they come out of the temple and they've got like this little spear, you know, the the end part of the Weather Dominator. Yep. So there's this huge earthquake that happens just in the middle of nowhere. What what do they say? What causes this earthquake? I mean, is it? I'm assuming it's the Weather Dominator causing earthquakes because evidently weather can affect. Yeah, I was like tectonic plates. <laughs> but okay, you know, so they're on this their own little kind of pillar of land there. And um, so they're given this kind of bridge uh, to crawl across, but uh, major major blood comes flying in and strikes, you know, strikes it or shoots it, you know, and the gung ho shipwreck fall uh, into this huge, you know, kind of chasm that's left from the earthquake. And uh, major blood's like, whoop, yoink, grabs the piece of the weather dominator, and then that's the kind of cliffhanger for the end of it. So. Yeah. The the other thing uh, that I I noticed with this episode uh, that I don't even think I posted on the forums was um, I liked when you saw the Palace of Doom and the Weather Dominator, Dominator piece was inside the palace. I don't know how it got inside the palace. Yeah, they don't say. It looks like it fell from the sky and was like embedded in the floor of the right, like of the temple. The the but floor. Where's the hole that it crashed <laughs> I through? <know. laughs> I I don't know. They don't explain it all. Maybe it was teleported there. I don't know. 
Yeah. I did like seeing, uh, one of the things I noticed with this, uh, episode is I really liked seeing the whale and the shark really being, like, utilized. Yeah, big time. Like, yeah, the depth, the depth charge is going down and yeah. everything is really cool, so. It's, and we also get a first look at Zartan kind of wanting to start playing both sides and him, you yeah. know, just, it's just an introduction of it. They really go into it in the next episode, but. And evidently the animals in Joe are, like, the, the real heroes here because in this episode <laughs> we also see freedom catches a throwing yeah. star in the air that storm shadow throws yeah, out there. He's like, he throws it. He's like this very slowly thrown throwing star. Uh, <laughs> it goes sailing through the sky and, and, and freedom's like, clack, you know, grabs it. And you're like, Whoa, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> now that's a bird that could probably fly a sky striker. No, exactly. <laughs> Easily. Um, yeah. And Polly would be his wingman. It's, it's right, you know. And I think what might have been even cooler was uh, I get including freedom, but like if um, Spirit had a knife, you know, like a belt knife or something, and he would like would have thrown it out to deflect the throwing star. You know, that yeah. I would have been like, ooh, that's cool. They're on kind of a yeah. similar playing field as far as skill sets. But oh yeah, having but freedom no. just kind of fly in and catch it in his mouth is like, no, he has an eagle that's going to catch it for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. Polly wants a cracker. Spirit wants a throwing star. <laughs> oh yeah, and then of course, so at, so kind of to head back to. Um, oh no, sorry. Okay, well yeah, just go on to the next one. Okay, so uh, the next episode is Battle on the Roof of the World. <laughs> ah. so, <laughs> um, uh. so, <laughs> so in a last last ditch effort to save them, Lady J throws a, uh, a net javelin, because everyone has one of those, <laughs> and it opens up to catch the Joes. Uh, and I, I think she even's like, I got one chance at this. And I'm like, yeah, of course, and you're going to catch them. <laughs> uh, Shipwreck then uses it to uh, uses his anchor to pull the net, so this way it stretches it, and then it releases them, launching them into the air, and they barely grab the edge of the cliff so that they can pull themselves up. Yeah, so. see, what I think what it might have... I don't know. What might have made more sense is she throws this javelin and Annette maybe comes out the back or something, right, and catches him. And the javelin sticks into the wall of the rock cliff, okay? So right. they're just kind of stuck in a net, but they're safe. And then, like, have Wild Bill come flying in. Right. Or here's an idea. They're laying in the net and Shipwreck evidently has his anchor with his rope. How about throwing it up? Right. And then and climbing up like, the rope. And climb up the rope. <laughs> Yeah, I, or he could have done that in the first place. Like, I don't know. It's just... Anyway. So, uh, Roadblock gets into the Cobra base with Honda Lu and right. beats up Cobra Commander a little bit, which I don't know how he got that far into the base. Yeah, nobody stops him. They're just like, do-do, kind of know where yeah. they're going. Uh, Roadblock and Honda Lu are soon captured. Uh, but I do like the fact that Roadblock, as he's trying, as they're trying to run away, starts singing the theme song to G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Real American hero. <laughs> Joe was there. I'm like, you know your own theme song, huh? It's all dun 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 dun. Talk about breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> um, so they're put into the arena with Duke and Snake Eyes, and in the arena they face off against some digital snakes that look like something from a Commodore 64. Yeah, it was weird, outliney looking <laughs> Tron things, but not yeah. even that good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back at the island of no return uh, that everyone returns from spirit and everybody and storm- knows the name of it like destro is like right. ooh, they're at the island of no return which again okay i don't think i mentioned this before i always thought destro was a black guy oh yeah like I growing up like just the, his voice i just his always voice, assumed yeah. he was a black guy so i never understood why 
he had you know he's got like this medallion hanging over his shirt that's open. I thought it was just like an orangish. He was he was a pimp. Sure, but I didn't realize that was his skin. Like I I mean for yeah. the longest time I had no idea that he was like some apparently Scottish guy. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I was just like I was like I thought the exact same thing. I was like he's just he's pimp daddy Destro. He's, exactly. <laughs> of course he's a black guy. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway. So, uh, Spirit and Storm Shadow find themselves in a cave that is filling up with water. And I like how they pulled the mass device out of the water. Set it down they very carefully. Set it down they carefully. to each and, other. And then the, it starts filling up with water again. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. It kind of stopped yeah. filling up and then... So, they, uh, they continue their fight until they realize that they're running out of air. Spirit realizes that the, the existing <laughs> air must be escaping <laughs> okay, from Okay, this is after Spirit was just... Three times judo throwed, like in a in a row. Yes, like he would yes. he would go to a try and attack Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow would flip him. He'd land on his butt in the water. He would do it again, again, and then Spirit's like, I think that this battle we should stop and ponder. And they decide that they're gonna meditate. On. I'm like, yeah, Storm Shadow, he's losing. Why would you listen to this guy? Just like <laughs> stick his head under the water, finish him off, and take the weather dominator piece. Like, right. So uh so spirit realizes that the air must be escaping somewhere so they they decide to use the air that's left underneath the weather dominator piece which I thought it was a full solid block yeah, but apparently it's hollow. Not. like so what's the point of this bucket like can't you just make one of these back at the cobra base Well I thought that with all the pieces except for the energy piece Yeah I'm like, like what is so special about these other pieces like right. this one's hollow the other one just just a, a pointer yeah, I don't know. Maybe Cobra figured that we can't let them build something like a mass device again, so we can't let them have any of the pieces. <laughs> so, uh, um, so they they are able to escape. Uh, Storm Shadow lets Spirit have the piece in gratitude for saving his life. Uh, Cobra agents try to come after Spirit, but Zartan fires on the mountain uh, that Spirit's climbing on which knocks the troops down. Uh, Zartan wants the Joes to have the piece of the Weather Dominator so that the pieces are evenly distributed, uh, seeing, uh, and he sees that this will benefit him, because if he can get the third right. piece, then he can sell it to the highest bidder. Start playing them against each other. Exactly. Uh, the water starts to boil, uh, which, again, caused by the Weather Dominator somehow, and <laughs> the Joes and Cobras decide they have to get out of there. I'm like the weather. Uh, the water's boiling. Like you just see like fish like start rising to the top, yeah. just floating. <laughs> Shamu, oh. oh, my gosh! <laughs> Darn you, weather dominator! Uh, they all uh, then head up to the top of the world in the Arctic uh, for the last piece. The roof of the world. The roof of the world. Uh, they all find the piece out in the middle of an icy valley. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Sitting there, and they start to play a form of laser <laughs> rifle hockey. <laughs> this is so ridiculous! What um, the heck? Yeah, they, I mean they're just shooting lasers. My favorite thing about it too is they're shooting lasers down at the piece, <laughs> right? To move it along rather than shooting the lasers at each other. <laughs> I don't get. Yeah, just shoot the other guys, then go and pick it up and take it, or right. you know, shoot the ice out from under the other guys if you're going to hit the ice. You know, exactly, exactly. Um, but then Zartan and the Dreadnoughts, uh, actually snatch it up because they have the motorcycles with the spikes on them. (laughs) Yeah, but where did they get these things, right? Did they climb up with... They climbed up with them in their backpack. With motorcycles on their back? Well, pieces. Okay, yeah, but still. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Each riding along on their own motorcycle, which means they would have had to carry the equivalent of a full motorcycle on their back. Right. Climbing up a sheer, you know, rock wall. I'm... 
and that's how badass the dreadnoughts are. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't. So you, there's there's a little scene where they're all putting them together, and I'm just yeah. like, wait a minute, where'd they get all this crap? Right. Uh, so the Cobras leave the area as an avalanche is starting to come down, but the Joes are seemingly uh, to be cut off as they head for the cave they entered through. And I'm like, can't you like escape some other, this is a big valley. Wasn't there some other entrance or at least trying to make a run for that cave Yeah, (laughs) coming down and they stopped and looked at it. I was like, keep running. (laughs) Now, what was the, uh, what was the Joe team? That was up here. Uh, this was, uh, I think it's a, almost the same guys we've been seeing all along. It's right, like, like Flint, Lady J. Flint, Lady J. This one did have Snow Job, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, and we have Shipwreck. Uh, and Shipwreck is hitting on, keeps hitting on Lady J the whole time. Hey, that was something else. Yeah. So uh, so that was pretty funny. Um, I just I'm surprised Flint's even putting up with shipwreck at this point. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like he helped him get out from the you know the Cobra Bar and and all that stuff. But but stop hitting on my woman. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like he shouldn't even be on the mission. Um, and my last note for for this episode was, and Duke is still a prisoner. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even seen him for a while. <laughs> um. So now we get into. Uh, the Amusement Park of Terror, which is the last episode. Right. So I kept this uh, synopsis pretty short because really it was kind of just some big grand things that happened. Uh, Duke, Snake Eyes, Roadblock, and Honda Lou uh, stopped the Atari Commodore 64 snakes by <laughs> short-circuiting them. Uh, my favorite part about that, too, was he's, uh, uh, Duke was like, are you ready for this, Honda Lou? Like, that Joe must just really rely on meeting civilians that <laughs> know what them. that know what to do. <laughs> because I would have turned to Duke and said, "Ready for what? Like, what am I supposed to be doing?" Like, I'm a truck driver. What are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, uh, they try to escape, but they're forced into the sewer system where Duke m- must pull this out of his butt or something. I don't know. And why didn't he, pull- he use it before? Like, right. He pulls this huge homing device, which for some reason Cobra didn't decide to take away from him. <laughs> and he puts it on there to signal the Joes to let them know where they're at. But yeah, I was like, why didn't you use that earlier? Yeah. Or how did the Cobra not find it? Right, exactly. Uh, Storm Shadow sneaks into the Joe base and steals the piece of this the weather. This was dominator. very cool. I really like that yeah. scene. Like it, yeah. it really again shows Storm Shadow as a as a ninja, and even a ninja in a white uniform can be sneaky. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, I remember when I first watched this as a kid, and it almost tripped me up this time, too, is when they show Storm Shadow climbing up that glass uh, canister. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that that was glass that he was climbing on. I thought he was climbing on the lasers, and I was like, wow, he's a really good ninja. That's (laughs) amazing. And I was like, oh, he's in a glass glass canister. And then he he does the Mission Impossible move. Yeah, drops down. Drops down and, and captures it. Um, I think it was Short Fuse that made the comment of, like, remember earlier when I said I that thing I didn't hear? Well, I'm not hearing it again. And they all of a sudden they run in and they realize that it's too late right. that Storm Shadow got the piece. So, um, Yeah, I'm going to have to go back through. Like, on the boards, I was kind of mentioning who, as the characters were introduced, specifically when they got a speaking role. Yeah. And, and I haven't done that so on these last episodes, so I'm going to have to go back and kind of rewatch them real quick and... Because yeah. I think it's it's really neat to kind of see which characters got the spotlight and spotlight, see how much. Yeah. I mean, you obviously have your core 10 to 12 characters, but um, 
characters like Short Fuse and yeah. Flash, Tripwire, all these characters. You don't see that often. You saw uh, in the first miniseries, and I think a little bit in this one, too, you saw Steeler a lot, which we don't see yeah, much of him later true. on. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it was cool to spotlight those characters. And, and like you said, to notice them now, because later on, some of them we don't see anymore, mm-hmm. uh, or we just see them in the background. So. Yeah. Um, both Joe and Cobra attack Zartan's amusement park, uh, his his amusement park of terror. <laughs> At least it wasn't of death, doom, or evil. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and they actually, uh, Cobra actually gets the third party, part of the weather dominator, which this whole thing confused me because, well, number one, Zartan seems completely shocked that Joe and Cobra... And both of them, within seconds of his, like, sending them a some video or something, right. you know, communicating to him, like, I have the third base, and... I'm like, you, know, you don't think they have a tracking device to yeah, figure out where you're Yeah, they just immediately triangulate exactly where the front... Actually, I think it takes Cobra just a few seconds longer, but they... Right. <laughs> pretty quickly find out where he's going to be, and they're like, ha! I thought, initially, I thought that was Zartan's plan. Right. Was like, I'll send him a video, they'll find me and come and fight each other over it. That's exactly what I thought because up, up to this no. point he's yeah, <laughs> up to this point he's been very smart about everything yeah. he's done. So oh, I didn't so, get it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I noticed with this one was that when Cobra Commander sent everyone out, uh, he was <laughs> like, "Now the part comes that I hate the most, waiting." And then he grabs a chair and smashes his computer. <laughs> totally demolishes the console. And I'm just like, I'm like, um, that's probably why we can't have. Nice Do you know things. what's worse? Yeah. What's worse than waiting? Like. Destroying your radio so you can't even communicate with the people who are out there. Like, oh, now I have to wait till they get back to find out how it went. Yeah, so um, it was fun, <laughs> I will say, to see uh, all the amusement park things turn into these these deadly laser things uh, that were attacking. You just kind of wonder, like, uh, all of these amusement ride upgrades that Zartan must have paid money <laughs> to build or whatever. I'm like, he's just trying to get money out of Joe and Cobra, and I can't imagine him. This is his hobby or something. Like, I just, right. why would you build an amusement park of terror and then well, have to be like, oh, wait, now I'm out of money. I've got to find a way. It's for obvious, obvious reasons. <laughs> it's because someone might show up one day and you need to kill them. I just kind of want, like, on the dreadlocks downtime, they're just riding roller coasters all together, like, wee, with their arms up there, like, just taking turns. Um, the other thing I, that cracked me up with this, too, was that the Joes put out the, um, the power to the amusement park, which saved Cobra. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, did they know that they were both attacking at the same time? I don't know. But the, it looked like the Joes never really did much attacking. No, they that's just, true. They just took the power took the out. power out. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> we'll wait for them to come to us. And in this scene also, we see the three Sky Strikers fly over with Shipwreck, who now knows how to fly a Sky Striker. Um, Flint and Lady J, and they all, they said, they told, I think it was Breaker, they told Breaker, we'll be right there. They jump out, they land in parachutes, and the Skystrikers keep flying over. And I go, <laughs> there was no co-pilot in any of those Skystrikers. It, it, it completely explains how how a shipwreck can fly it, because he was, you know, <laughs> no it's an automatic pilot from, from the moment it took off. That's how junk... That's how Mutt can actually, yeah. uh, or Junkyard can actually fly the <laughs> Sky Strikers because it's on autopilot. Um, so, yeah, so that all happened. I was just like, okay. Um, and like I said, there was just so many things with that. With, with Shipwreck knowing how to fly it, who's flying it now. I was just completely lost. Uh, and I think it would have been cool to have, uh, you know, 
I don't know if he was created yet, but have Lift Ticket or or Wild Bill or somebody just come over with a helicopter and drop him off. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. a way to to again spotlight a vehicle and a character. It makes so much more sense. Like, and you get the same thing done. Like, I don't. There's sometimes in the in the cartoons where it would make more sense. They come up with a really weird, impractical solution to a problem. Yeah. When the more practical solution is a chance to spotlight more Joes. Like, I just don't Absolutely. Understand. Yeah. Um, and then while all this is going on, uh, Honda Lou goes to distract the Cobra, some Cobra soldiers. And it cracked me up because the trooper grabs her and goes, you better have a pass. <laughs> yeah, a pass to what? <laughs> like, who are you? You better have a pass. And I'm thinking... Even if she has like a hall pass, like in high school, like does she look like she belongs here? Yeah. That's <laughs> Did cool. you not get the memo that we had some prisoners and one of them was this cowboy-looking chick? Uh, um, so the Joes attack the Cobra Temple, uh, but they're attacked by the various weather elements. Uh, Roadblock uses some of Destro's mutated vines, which right after the whole thing happened with Honda Lou. He grabs some of the withered vines, and one of the weirdest lines I've ever heard from any character ever came out of Roadblock's mouth. He goes, because Duke asks him what he's doing, and he says, when it comes to these plants, I have a green thumb, and I'm going to stick it right up Cobra's nose. (laughs) I was like, what? Oh, if, if if the things he says, if it doesn't rhyme, it just is completely nonsensical. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the only reason Roblox on this team is because he's a big strong guy. Like there, he's like anything he says just seems like bizarre and weird. And he cooks well. He cooks. That's well, true. So. Yeah, he's the, he's the cook. But right. But uh, yeah, when he says I have a green thumb, I was like, okay, that's he's making it sound tough to me because I'm gonna stick it right up Cobra's <laughs> nose. I was like, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I was like, what does that do? Like. <laughs> Is that some Joe like Joe defense move that I don't know about? <laughs> um, so Roblox uses the Destro uh, Destro's mutated vines to put the Weather Dominator out of commission temporarily, which this cracked me up too. The vines grow up the Weather Dominator because the Duke used a hose on them. And did you see the part where the one vine reaches out and like turns off the Weather Dominator? <laughs> They are smart vines. <laughs> it like grabbed the handle and turned it off. Yeah, this is, I'm like, what? So I said this last episode was like the most bizarre out of all of them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, the Joes uh, storm the temple, and again, a Sky Striker flies in, <laughs> doing something that no Sky Striker could ever do. <laughs> Stops the temple from sinking into the sand. Um. <laughs> And uh, the the Joes capture everyone except Destro and Zartan, uh, and he, so the, again they have Baroness yeah, captured. Destro's good uh, at it. He's, he yeah, we out. don't we don't see Storm Shadow, so he may have gotten out. Um, but Destro takes a hang glider. He evidently took a book from uh, from Duke in the <laughs> yeah. first miniseries. How you get out of this place fast? <laughs> and Zartan jumped on the back of the hang glider, which I don't know. I think. Again, physics would mean that immediately would do a crash dive, but and it flipped around a few times too, which yeah, was I don't know how he stayed up. <laughs> Destro does a lot of hang gliding on his spare time, and he's pretty yes. skilled at this. <laughs> um, the Joes use the weather dominator to uh, put all the weather back, and this cracked me up too. 
I liked it, but it cracked me up every time. Every time they hit a new location to <laughs> fix the weather, they yelled, Yo, Joe! Oh, uh, they yelled, Yo, Joe, so much. Me, me and my brothers growing up, we always made fun of this, too. Like, anytime they even just leave a room, like, yeah. okay, guys, let's do it. Yo, Joe! They run out the room. <laughs> and so when we were growing up, like, like oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. We'd be like, Yo, Joe! You just run out the room, like, just, just book it. Yeah, and this, but this was like three times in a row. Yeah, just, just boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. Like, Oh, come on. And then Breaker, of course, screws it up <laughs> on the Joe base and makes it snow there. And then he just, he does the, well, nobody's perfect, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone has their laugh and the scene ends. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing I'm very curious about, especially based on how the previous miniseries ended and how this one started, I'm very curious if when we get into the main series, will Cobra Commander and the Baroness and all of them be captured, or will they all be free again? Yeah, and you know, I would assume chances are they're free again, and G.I. Joes have the crappiest detainment <laughs> It's like Arkham Asylum. Exactly, it's just it. this revolving door. <laughs> There's no way to keep them in there. <laughs> So that's the first 10 episodes, uh, the first two miniseries that came out before the, the ongoing series. And obviously, they were very well received. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they re-ran them quite a bit. And yep. uh, I, I remember, I think I mentioned on the boards too, Just I just remember all the sounds and the, and the special oh, effects yeah. and all the things. Those are one of the things that brought the most nostalgia back, besides maybe just the opening sequence. Yeah. But once yeah, I just, heard that kind of... Funky music, you know, kind of yeah. like <laughs> late background 70s, early tones. 80s music, all the yeah. the special effects of like the headbands and just even the the way it looked, you know, like that crackly blue or crackly pink. And there was um, definitely like music that you would hear, like the background music you yeah. would hear that you knew went with Cobra or you knew went with G.I. Joe and stuff right. like that. So And that stuff I just completely forgot about, but the second you hear it, you just remember it. Oh yeah. Like it was yesterday. And it, I got excited, especially after watching the first miniseries and then seeing the start of the second miniseries. I got so excited when I started seeing all the vehicles that I recognized. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, you can. So I, I'm I'm really excited to kind of go through the first kind of group of episodes on in the regular series and kind of see who else gets introduced and you know yeah. where they get. Yeah. You can tell they start spotlighting episodes based on what product has come out. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun journey. I think it's gonna be a lot a lot of fun. And as much as, you know, obviously, I know you feel the same way, Robert, as much as we poked fun at the things that happened in the episode or everything else, I mean, I really had a lot of fun watching these episodes. You know, they, they really hold up. I mean, yeah, it's goofy, it's campy at certain times, but, I mean, just the, the, the again, the size of the battles, the amount of detail that has to go into each uh, character that's very unique, besides, say, Cobra Troopers or something, but you've got... Um, unique uh, weapons and skills and character designs, and then all the details of the vehicles are pretty well animated. Um, yeah. I think later on in the series, it starts to fall off a bit um, based on either how much maybe there was time constraints or they... Uh, it happened in Transformers 2 where they started splitting off. You can tell a, yeah. maybe a different studio was doing this scene as opposed to yeah. this scene. Yeah. But uh, certainly in the beginning miniseries, they put a lot of time and effort into it. And then uh, I think in the first year of G.I. Joe, all the animation is just top-notch, especially for yeah. the time. But it really holds up. I'd say it really holds oh, up. Yeah. Well, and like we talked about the intro scenes. The intro scenes are just amazing with action and, and how it's all choreographed and planned out and everything. But even that first battle in the Revenge of Cobra, 
almost had that ex- that same amount of action happening that happened in the intro. Yeah, um, it was just over the top. I mean, you think the intros are uh, sp- specifically say something like Thundercats. The intro is fantastic, but you don't see any kind of action like that throughout the series. But right. that was with G.I. Joe, and especially in these miniseries, the battles were just as big, just as long or longer, you know, yeah. than that opening sequence. And it was really Absolutely. pretty cool. Yeah, and and also this is something I mentioned on the forums, and and Robert, if you're along for the ride for as long as I do it, I'm I'm happy to have you on board. Um, I mean, once I'm done with, once we're done with Joe, I plan on jumping into another animated series, and it could be anything we decided. To yeah, do and I've I've want. actually in the last six months specifically, I've been going out and purposely getting the DVDs of lots of these old series like yeah. Silverhawks, Thundercats, He Man, uh, yeah, Brave here. Star cops all these shows turtles you know from from the 80s and i've been kind of slowly watching through them as i work so i i hear a lot of it and i'll look up every once in a while and just be like oh my gosh but (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean yeah one i mean obviously it's going to take us a while to get through joe but once we we do you know we could talk about whichever one we want to jump into next i mean i have i i'm the same way i have a lot of them so uh, and I've been collecting, especially some of the ones, the obscure ones like Silverhawks and stuff like that, you can get really cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like five bucks for the whole series. <laughs> so. Yeah, those are, those are easy. There's a couple that are expensive, but I'm surprised they yeah. are, but, um. Yeah. I actually just got this past Christmas, uh, mask the entire series. Yeah, so that, I got that, that one. Cool. And, and it's interesting just as a quick comparison, like I think Joe actually holds up a little better. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the voice acting is not as good in Mask, though. I like yeah. the designs and the concept is very cool. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it, it's weird, like with Mask, how it just like it. The very first episode, like, just starts as if you know everything that's been happening. Yeah, you just I'm, dropped right in the middle of it. There's not a lot yeah. of. I mean, there's the brief character introductions when they say who he's going to pull on for the team for that right. mission but that's yeah and those are always hilarious sequences yeah. where they just drop whatever they're doing <laughs> no matter what they're doing it could be in the middle of throwing a pizza in the air like yeah exactly they're out i gotta go <laughs> um and and everyone understands it's not like the guy loses his job he just I nope, yeah pizza, everybody's I cool go. with it like see ya, i guess we'll cover but I, guess, I mean i i guess joe did that too but it's just it seems more like we are getting in introduced to joe a little bit more rather than just being dropped in the middle of the action well, i think so. part of it is that um because new characters are introduced you know we didn't it's not like we had the full cast of 200 joes right in the first episode you know what i mean it's because they were coming out as the tv show was coming out you know we're going to get introduced to them relatively slowly where they get a nice episode to spotlight two or three new joes each time right right yeah so yeah so at least it's it's gonna be interesting like i said we'll probably do uh 10 episodes each or 10 episodes of the cartoon for each episode of star joes that we do this for mm-hmm. so we're looking at the the next miniseries uh or five-parter i guess in the actual ongoing series is the pyramid of darkness right and then we have uh countdown for zartan red rocket glare satellite down uh cobra stops the world and jungle trap so those will be the next episodes for those playing at home and uh want to watch those before the next time we'll probably robert and i were talking we'll probably be looking at trying to put these out once every couple weeks mm-hmm. uh unless something gets in the way of that but uh every episode should be about 10 episodes of the cartoon uh, until we get through all of them. Right. And, uh, and, and, we'll, and if anybody has Netflix, like the entire Joe series is on Netflix, you know, so you yep. can go back and watch them kind of 
stay with it. If you don't, um, you can even find some of them on YouTube. Yeah, uh, that's I've true seen, too. Yeah, uh, I found uh, on they have. If you look up on YouTube, uh, GI Joe the collection or something like that, there's like multiple collection series, and they just go from one episode into the right. Next just one. a playlist of yeah. Just kind of watch the playlist, but yeah. So. Um, all right. Uh, well, with that, let me go ahead and uh, give our information, and and Robert, you can give uh, then give your information as well as far as where people can find you at. Uh, but uh, for Star Joe's, you can find us at StarJoe's.com. You can find us at TheForumForGeeks.com, and and Robert's there uh, quite often. Uh, he'll pop in every once in a while and, and show us some of the art stuff that he's doing, uh, which is really cool. And uh, you can email us at StarJoe'sPodcast at gmail.com. You can Leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. And I will say the next episode that uh, Chuck and I do where we get caught up on issues, we will be responding to all of the uh, emails and and feedback that we got uh, over the last month or so. So don't think that we forgot. Uh, Please leave us an iTunes review. Uh, You can follow us at Twitter. It's at StarJoes Podcast. And I think uh, Stitcher Radio, it's a smart way to radio. It, you can find us on there. You can make us one of your favorites on there. Uh, I think that's everything I can think of. I know we have like 20 billion ways you can <laughs> contact us and find us and everything else. Oh, Facebook as well. Right. Uh, we have the f- fan site as well as a profile page. So, uh, Robert, how can they find you? Um, the way to kind of keep up to date with things I'm working on mostly is through uh, my blog, which is robertatkinsart.blogspot.com. You can also email me directly at robert at robertatkinsart.com. Uh, and I also have a Twitter, which is at robertatkinsart, and a Facebook under the same name. Um, and typically, if I post on my blog, I just update those other social media sites too. Um, I do have a Deviant Gallery, which is, for the most part, everything I put on my blog, yeah, I'll just put up there too, which is just uh, Atkins. Dot deviantart, um, dot com. Um, as far as kind of things I'm working on right now, uh, I'm still doing quite a bit of work related to G.I. Joe. It's just not on a monthly comic book series, which I am really kind of missing. Like, I, I really enjoy being able to tell stories with it. A lot of what I'm doing lately has been more character illustration stuff. Um, as soon as I can talk more about that, I will. Um, if you ever see me in person at a convention, I can show you the art I'm working on. I just can't really talk about it say, on the internet or publicly, exactly what it is. But it is Joe-related. It's very cool kind of character work. Um, and since I saw, you know, Ryan and Chuck over at... Um, <laughs> uh, JoeCon. Uh, Joe uh, you know, they had seen it. And I've been working on it steadily ever since. So I've got quite a few done, yeah, which has been pretty It's neat. really cool stuff. So if you do get to see Robert, uh, definitely ask him about it. And- yeah, and I'll be at uh, HeroesCon coming up pretty soon. And then later in the fall, I'll be at uh, Baltimore and New York Comic Con. So... Yep. I'll be there. The other thing, I have a couple Joe covers coming out. I'll, I'm doing the cover for the Joe Con comic book that's going to be solicited through Diamond. So I'll have a cover for that. It's got like Zorana and Baroness. And, awesome. Uh, then the another cover that's a variant cover for the main IDW title. I think it's Jandro number... I forget the number. But it's uh, <laughs> I think it's a retailer variant. So that's coming up too. Actually, that's what I'm going to be working on tonight. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, well, do you, do you do you remember how we close the show? Do you think you can do Chuck's line or? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, <laughs> we'll give it a try. So, uh, 
So remember uh, that the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe!